Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach. And I'm Ethan. And we are the Classic Gaming Brothers. And that's right, we have Ethan with us. The lost brother, the brother who we just found today. In a dumpster. In a dumpster, <laughs> outside the studio. And yeah, he's here, to, he's he's the lost brother. We are happy to have you, Ethan. Seth is currently not here. So uh, if people haven't noticed, Seth's not here. He's sick. But I don't want anyone to ask any questions about why he's not here because it's right. for perfectly innocent reasons that I know nothing about. And, and to make things official, we have adopted Ethan. So he is now officially a classic gaming brother. Because when you're on the show, you're a brother. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. I'm so excited. I've been listening to this podcast since day one. I love this podcast. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to. I'm happy that you're here, Ethan. So to get started, um, let's talk about games we've recently been playing. Ethan, why don't you go first? What a great question. Because the truth of the matter is I don't play that many video games lately. Uh, I mostly play Fortnite. But I have very much been enjoying and trying to get back into Psychonauts 2, the latest from Double Fine, came out in 2021, right during the pandemic. Uh, it came out on Game Pass, and I started it. I fell in love, and then forgot about it because I'm a bad person. But recently, Double Fine put out the Psych Odyssey, which is a 36 Ooh. episode documentary series about the making of the game. They've been documenting their process since like 2014 with the Amnesia Fortnite series, and they are just the most transparent, well done documentaries about like how games actually get made and I absolutely adore them with this new series it's 36 episodes it's just gargantuan but it's so like unvarnished truth of like how games get made and Psychonauts 2 starts development in like 2017 so yeah. there's this really long journey from their crowdfunding campaign to lifetime achievement awards and all that but I just adore Tim Schafer I love everything he's done you guys have talked about Tim Schafer games on the podcast and that wonderful LucasArts lineage you know and they're just creative like there's just wall-to-wall -wall jokes and like amazing visuals and cool stuff it's absolutely charming I cannot recommend it more highly it is super super fabulous um, but also check out the double find psych odyssey if you're interested in how games get made or even just like a good tv show essentially because it's so long and so professionally made it's huge it's 36 episodes and some of the episodes are more than an hour like when shit gets real and like real tensions are up in the studio you'll get like an hour long episode about like yeah how do you start over when a level is garbage and like it needs to be done right but yeah. you've wasted you know like six seven months of people's time it's really interesting and it's, it's tough but like the product ends up being just so beautiful it makes it totally worth it so that's what i'm playing zach what about you what do you, what have you been playing i've been playing halo reach halo <laughs> yeah i've been playing halo reach so after seth and i did our halo episode i kind of got into a halo kick I've been re-watching Red vs. Blue, and I was like, I just want to play some Halo. Uh, so I installed the Master Chief Collection. I was going to play Halo CE, the remastered version, but it hadn't installed yet. And I was like, I don't want to wait for it to install. But Halo Reach installed, so I played <laughs> Halo Reach. And you will wait. That collection is so buggy in installing and like managing all the games. You will yeah. wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. But um, so far, I'm, I'm liking it. I really have only played Halo 1. I played a little bit of 2 at like a friend's house that did multiplayer and stuff, and Halo 
Halo 3 multiplayer. I played all the games multiplayer, but I haven't really tackled the campaigns in a very long time, and I've never played Halo Reach's campaign. So, so far, I am enjoying it. I like the kind of new dynamic with these new Spartans that you're dealing with, or rather, older Spartans, because it's a prequel. And it's also Bungie's last Halo game, so it's kind of, uh, you kind of get to That's see heavy. where they, yeah, they, they pulled all their chops for it. I think they kind of knew that, like, they had to make this one count, because everything got transferred over to 343 afterwards. So far, I'm liking it. I like the system of, like, working with your team members and stuff like that, and I'll eventually probably try to get online and see what the multiplayer is all about, but... It's good. Right now, I'm just sticking to the sticking to the campaign. That sounds like a blast. We played a little bit of Halo games a little while ago. We all jumped in, so I will jump into that any day. Halo Reach is, is such a phenomenal game. There's a world in which Halo Reach has, like, the squad mechanics of, like, SWAT 4. They didn't go that far, but I'm glad you brought up Red versus Blue because you and I have been talking in our Discord about Red versus Blue lately. Yeah. And you know what? I've been having a good time. That first season, most of it holds up really well, actually. Yeah. Like, you know, disclaimer, Rooster Teeth is a complicated company with a complicated history and oh, a yeah. lot going on there. But those early years, there is such intense nostalgia of like oh, yes. yeah. going to the computer lab on Wednesday and being like, is the new episode up yet? Oh, yeah. And then you download it, right? You didn't watch it on their website you right you had to it. download it yeah yeah and then you found out that you were downloading it because sometimes it would stream in your browser and you'd have a whole bunch of downloads somewhere and you're like <laughs> what the no yeah i'm on season eight now oh my uh, god which is the part of the meta whole series with agent washington and the meta and stuff like that and it's like getting to the point where i'm like less nostalgic for it so yeah. i'm like well because by that time you were like 16 and it turned into like a soap opera kind of thing yeah like, yeah there's a lot more effort <laughs> into it yeah now. i almost liked it more when it was a dumb comedy of errors right like you right. put it really well the other day you were like it's just a really solid uh series of mistakes <laughs> it is yeah no it's just yeah just just people having a bad time so today's episode we're actually going to focus on a series that ethan and i are huge fans of and a little context for listeners before classic gaming brothers even started ethan and i were once chatting about starting a podcast called the just cause cast one of the greatest names so good i just thought it was such a dumb name and i loved <laughs> that name and i was like there has to be a podcast called the just cause cast and i couldn't find one so obviously we needed to make one and my original idea was it was going to be the absolute limited of series four episodes of just covering just cause one two three and four that's it no more episodes ever again completely just a minimal minimalist series which is already uh not true because we now know that in 2023 at some point just cause mobile is gonna come out so we would have had to do an episode for that we i know done an episode about mad max which is like just causes like grumpy uncle yeah. There's so much, and yet also so little, because I believe you and I came to the conclusion that ultimately there's a lot to say, and also not four or five hours to say. About no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we decided to condense it into one episode, and we're going to talk about Just Cause as a franchise. And yeah, uh, Ethan, do you want to just take us into the, like, who created Just Cause? What's the basic premise of Just Cause? I would be happy to. I'm honored to get to do this part of the part of the show, because <laughs> this is, this is like my favorite part of you and Seth jumping in here uh the just cause series is so interesting and weird but it is the brainchild of one studio it's avalanche studios they started in 2006 with just cause which came out for the original xbox uh, but they are a swedish developer who were kind of made of other developers from other companies who came together and tried to form rock solid studios which was supposed to make an adaptation
adaptation of the movie Tremors. And uh, that was in development for like a while. And then that game got canceled in 2003 by Universal Pictures for who knows what reason. Maybe that just wasn't working out. But a lot of the tech from it and then some of the employees came over and started Avalanche Studios. And they decided to make an open world action adventure destructathon uh, that was named after the United States real life, the real events, uh, our invasion of Panama, which was in real life called Operation Just Cause. So Just Cause 1 comes out in 2006 from the just very fun Swedish guys over in Stockholm who, despite where they come from and what they do, uh, make a series of video games about to toppling dystopian dictator governments across archipelagos. Yeah, all the games, they pretty much all boil down to like one plot and that is Rico Rodriguez you play as this badass action star basically he's the guy that wears leather in tropical environments no yeah less. yeah Black he wears leather everywhere all leather in tropical environments he's got his like messy hair he's got scars on him the scorpion uh tattoo he's got just just the attitude with everyone uh and you literally just get dropped in these random places and then you just go take down their government because yeah. you're looking for the quote-unquote agency it is the perfect power fantasy of like what the cia wishes it could do yeah but instead has to be all covert and shit about it this is just no you're just gonna blow things up so, you know you most of these games revolve around creating chaos and literally getting points for creating chaos Right, it's a blast. Yeah. Now, I personally haven't played Just Cause 1, which is funny. Neither have I. Oh, great. So I own it. It's like it's in my library. I installed it once because I bought Just Cause 2 when I saw one of my friends playing it. And I was like, I need to own this game because it looks amazing. So I bought it and then I played it and I was like, I love this game. This game is the best game of my life. And then I was like, I should probably play the prequel, the original game, shouldn't I? Turns out you don't gotta. <laughs> well, so I bought it and then I was talking to a friend. And I was like, I'm going to play Just Cause 1 because I love too and they're like good luck because apparently it doesn't run very well on modern pcs and i don't know if they fixed that so i just haven't tested it myself but i was looking at the gameplay and it's different than just cause 2 at least it has its similarities but it definitely has its differences but i think it does still look nice for what it was when it came out and i think the graphics do still kind of hold up and I'm kind of surprised we haven't gotten a, like, HD remaster a la the Mafia games. Even if they just did what they did with Mafia 2, where they gave it a fresh coat of paint and they called it the Definitive Edition. I could see them doing that for Just Cause 1, just because it probably would be about the same process. It's interesting you say that, because I, I also looked it up and I was looking at it. I have also never played this game. Uh, I watched a friend play it on their OG Xbox. They had a demo disc of it that they got in, like, Game Pro magazine or something. We were 12 years old. We were like, oh my god, explosions. But it, even on that Xbox was like janky and hard to control and it was just weird. Uh, and I remember most importantly, within a couple seconds of booting it up, we made some joke of like, just cause, right? The joke that will oh, haunt yeah. the series forever. But it's interesting you said because that game, I think looks pretty good because it's essentially a tech demo, right? So the right, developers yeah. are on uh, record as saying Just Cause 2 is like the sequel that like they all knew had to be made because the first one just like didn't live up to what they wanted it to be. But you can see all that that tech demo kind of like vibe in Just Cause is so important because, and it's so interesting, that time of, of game development is when suddenly open worlds become viable, right? Yeah, yeah. Just Cause comes out in 2006, Dead Rising is 2006, the next year you get Crisis, then you get Grand Theft Auto 4 and Red Faction Guerrilla, all in a space of like three years, yeah. and suddenly game levels can be huge and you can blow them up, and it's like, I remember just being like, 
absolutely flipping out at Crackdown and being like, I can just go anywhere. Right, just cause yeah. is like the beginning of that. Yeah, I think open worlds they definitely like blew up in this time. Pun intended. Yeah, I think, and I think just cause, unfortunately, kind of the first one suffered from that because yeah, it like launches in two thousand and six, but then immediately Dead Rising comes out, and then Crisis came out, and it's like, hey, you want to see a game that really can push your computer to the limit? Right, made for a hypothetical supercomputer, as Yahtzee put it back in like two thousand seven. Yeah, but yeah, I looked up the the sales numbers for Just Cause and. And it did okay. It's like it averaged its reviews at like a it's like a 60 to 70 percent from most places. I think like six out of tens. But the Times newspaper in England loved it. Tell me more. They gave every version of the game five stars out of five. And they were like, this game is as good as pilot wings for the Super Nintendo. And I was like, that is the weirdest review I have ever heard. What a natural comparison. Pilot wings? what and the game itself would only sell about 1.1 million copies in its lifetime which isn't bad but it's not amazing <laughs> like uh especially because its lifetime is still i mean technically now because you can still buy the game so and yeah like i think we mentioned before pretty much all the games have the same plot and this is the game that sets that up you play as rico you're sent to the island nation of san esperito and you have to find your mentor tom sheldon and take down president salvador mendoza and that's the plot like that's, that's it the whole thing there's nothing else there's really not much going for it <laughs> it is exactly what it says on the tin which is a theme i think we'll be revisiting throughout this this episode just cause one just cause two all of them they are exactly what they say on the tin and that plot is perfect it's just that's it there's no twists no turns you don't need them but uh i think what we're really here to talk about is just cause two <laughs> let's get into it let's absolutely get into it because this is the one that you've said was a big deal for you and i have such specific memories but jump right in tell us more about your time with just well Cause 2. yeah it is the game that i on record have i think the most hours in excluding tf2 which i have a dumb amount of hours in <laughs> excellent well because there was like a point where i only had like three multiplayer games so it was either tf2 or left for dead 2 and nothing else simpler times what a beautiful list of games i put in over 137 hours into just cause 2 i have never beaten just cause 2 <laughs> i've never seen the credits roll but how amazing is it in my opinion that i can put in a stupid amount of time into this game and never see the credits roll i think that's beautiful zach what do you do then what have you done in this game i got to this point where i would just go places like i would be like i'm gonna jump into the game and i would just drive around and i would just have like a good time and like i remember there was this one point where i would be like i'm gonna give myself a mission so i would be like i'm gonna try to get from point a to point b as best as i can without like dying and i would just try to like bounce off of different cars and like grapple onto planes and stuff and like sometimes i would be like i'm going to the airport and just go to the airport you know and try oh, to steal the a plane. airport oh love the airport yeah exactly i just had a good time just enjoying the game like i created my own game within just cause 2 of just me exploring this island which it's a 390 square mile island like it is a ridiculously large map it is gargantuan yeah a game that's almost uh almost 15 years old at this point it's, it came out in 2010 and looks great like it's it does a yeah surprisingly detailed island it does have this very annoying visual effect i'm wondering if you like feel about which is that like kind of like vaseline on the lens sort of feel i do hate that but 
It's fine. I feel like three and four both had that problem. Four, I feel like, was the worst with like the yes. Vaseline. It felt like the whole game was Vaseline. <laughs> three is three is crisp. Three is part. We'll talk oh, about. We'll three. talk about. Oh three. yeah. But two, you're right, has that feeling. But I love that story because that is exactly what I did. I would just like put on a podcast or music or just yeah. freaking like disassociate for a couple hours and just clear villages. Right. You'd get yeah. all those stupid weapon boxes and stuff. And there's like probably 300, 400 copy pasted villages. Right. So you never run out, but it always feels good. And then yeah, driving fast and just like hanging out in that beautiful tropical world. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and doing like dumb things like being like, how fast can I throw this car off a cliff before it explodes? Oh yeah, with me in it, ideally. Yeah, right? yeah. Like watching the camera freak out. The the mini jet, I would find the how what what tight spaces can you fit the mini jet into? Oh yeah, yeah. Always yeah. good. It was just a solid game to play, and I think it was like the right game for me during the time I was playing it because I played it a lot. I remember toward the end of my uh, it came out in 2010. I think I got it in 2011. So a probably toward the end of like my high school time. So it was like the perfect catharsis game. <laughs> like, you know, Absolutely. you're dealing with dealing with finals, getting ready for college. And you're like, I just need to fly a jet around and like, just not care. That is absolutely it. I have the most specific, I have two really specific memories. And one yeah. is of the first time I saw the game was at PAX East. The first, it was, it might've been the first year it was at the BCEC or okay. it might even been the first one. I'm not sure, but it was at the NVIDIA booth and they were showing off 3D glasses Ooh. and ultra wide displays because they were like well this thing has CUDA cores for rendering water like their whole thing was they had entire parts of the GPU dedicated to rendering water and me and my friends sat there and we're just genuinely dumbstruck and you sat down with these dumb 3D glasses on and you're like this is the future and then of course the first time I really played it was on my refurbished gaming laptop this was like one of the first like republic of gaming laptops and it like ran you know barely honestly right yeah but then i put so many hours in oh man i think i ran mine on a refurbished dell xps laptop that could handle most games okay everything just a little bit yeah exactly now see uh, you have a note in here about the mile high club i was just thinking about the mile high club (laughs) in just cause 2 there is a floating nightclub in the sky on a like like a airship it is so cool. In in all respect to them, despite their ridiculousness, have some level of grounded in reality Like, you're not going to, like, get, like, a laser cannon <laughs> or something. You, you know? absolutely get a laser cannon. You get a gun that shoots lightning in the third one. But I know That's what you true. mean. Things blow up correctly. Water goes the right way. The sun, you know, sets and the moon rises. It's not right. literally fantasy. And then... You have an airship <laughs> nightclub called the Mile High Club that you could just go back to whenever you want it's hard to get to yeah it is very hard to get to and i think there's only one mission you have to do there but you can just go back whenever you feel like it there is and if i remember that mission correctly it is that the dictator of the island who is like heavily coded to be kim jong-un is like partying it up and you're supposed to just land in the middle of like his birthday party or something yeah yeah yeah. and just kill all of his bodyguards and like find him and like he gets away but i remember because like you know you're like shooting random dudes and like the scantily clad 14 polygon women are like running around and you're like what is happening but it's like kind of rad it honestly you what it feels like it feels like the prototype for like a john wick scene 
where they're at a rave right, and, yeah. like, not enough of the NPCs care about what's going on. <laughs> also, the modding scene for Just Cause 2 was amazing. I downloaded, it was just a simple, like, tweaker from Just Cause 2, but it allowed you to, like, daisy chain grappling hooks, and I think it just would automatically give you all weapon. Like, you could just summon a weapon if you wanted it whenever. Absolutely. Integral to the experience. The fact that, like, that particular mod effectively became canon in Just Cause 3 was, like, so fun to me. Like, or that, uh, the multiplayer mod, right? The that, multiplayer that got, mod, yeah. That became official because they were like, listen, you guys have been working on this so long, we're just gonna help you out. And then it became, like, an official expansion, and it was, it was insane. Insane. Did you ever play the multiplayer mode? I played it back before it was official, and it is the most broken thing <laughs> I've ever played. It was like 70 people on the map, and then they would all go to the airport. So it would be 70 oh, yeah. people at the airport trying to steal a Boeing, and <laughs> everyone is just trying to steal the same Boeing. And so it's all people latching onto the Boeing with their grappling hooks and then just getting thrown across the map by this Boeing. <laughs> like, it's Absolutely incredible. Wild. I think I got it once and I was like, it's mine! And then someone like blasted me out of the air with like a helicopter and I was like, no! You have unlocked a very specific memory for me, which is that I would play that game and my dad came in one time and I was stealing the Boeing and I was like, yeah, sometimes I just fly around and kind of hang out in this jump Jet. And I remember my dad being like, why don't you go back to playing Flight Simulator? And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, no, this is what I want. I want to be able to fly the plane and then blow it up on like a casino set into the mountains. Right, right. Yeah. I want to do Flight Simulator, but I want there to be anxiety involved. Like, please. I want to me... go very fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just it was just great. I remember playing the multiplayer with my friend for the first time and him being like, we are spawning at the airport. We are stealing that Boeing. And that was like, we just did that for like three hours, just trying to steal that Boeing. Sometimes you would spawn in and instantly die because someone decided to carpet bomb the airport. Because they had this one rocket launcher that just like went up in the air and then just rained like explosives the down. Hydra. On... Yeah, oh, the Hydra. Yeah. Yeah. So you it's just... incredible. Every, there would be like four people with hydras just like carpet bombing like the runway so you you'd spawn on the runway and just instantly die it's incredible yeah i think just cause 2 i think it's fair to say just cause 2 is like the perfect encapsulation of what the just cause games kind of almost should yeah. be right it is chaos and destruction and paper thin plot it's almost like the perfect kind of thesis of it and as you go from just cause 2 to 3 to 4 you kind of stray further from it and i think with like good results for three and bad results for four but just cause two really is perfect it, it is, is it is so astonishingly good yeah and just bonkers <laughs> it is interesting that with the development of just cause two they really just took all the criticism for just cause one and we're like all right let's fix it and they just use that criticism to make the game better like there was there was criticism of just cause one about the side quests so they effectively got rid of side quests and introduced faction missions stronghold takeovers and races which i think vastly improve the, the game you know you don't Absolutely. have the same type of quests that you would get in the original just cause and i think it helps that with just cause three they kind of reintroduce side quests along with the faction missions and stronghold takeovers and races and i think that helped kind of re 
reintroduce something to give the game a bit more chunk to it. Yeah, and Just Cause 3 is chunky. Just Cause 2 is like a little thin on the ground, but there's a lot there, right? Like you can, there's a hundred villages, but they're all copy-pasted, but yeah, yeah. it's still good. I think it's also worth noting on Just Cause 2, just in case anyone listening hasn't actually played Just Cause 2, the most important thing you need to know about Just Cause 2 is that the only marker for progression is destruction. You are, you are literally destroying uh, oil refineries and power plants and other civilian infrastructure for the most part and military infrastructure to get chaos points and that's it like you're just going from town to town military base to military base and blowing crap up and in the most creative way possible ideally and somehow it never gets old yeah yeah so uh for the listeners to kind of better explain the game it's a third person you know open world games as we've kind of implied but it's not like grand theft auto you're not given these dumb missions to do like heists or anything or take out some random dude you have to like ethan said blow things up and this could be um usually fuel tanks that look very dumb like they're big balls or something they or are, like they are phallic yeah yes. yeah you just blow them up usually they're marked red and then you'll in just cause two yeah you get chaos points you get this little counter at the top that's like chaos points this much or something like and that. by the end of the game you have like 15 million chaos points and yeah the game just encourages you to go crazy and just cause two you can blow up gas stations for chaos points and that was one of the reasons i would steal cars a lot in that game because i would drive them as fast as i could and jump out and just have the car just fly into the gas station and just so be like important. there we go <laughs> oh yeah like hopping out being able to hit one button and just suddenly be parachuting like a hundred feet above your car and just watch it i you know slam into a gas station blow up and then just see the, the ticker the yeah. thousand chaos points oh god yeah that was crack cocaine i think that was like <laughs> that was the hardest drug that was wild and uh, yeah, and everyone else thought so too, because the game did much better than Just Cause 1. It was not only a critical success with it getting like 9s out of 10 and 8s out of 10 instead of 6s, it also outsold Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver in its first week, which is insane that a action-oriented game, open-world game, outsold two Pokemon games. Both of them? That's incredible. And its total copies overall ended up being about 4.1 million, which is not bad. That's pretty huge. I mean, think about, I'm, I'm pulling it up now, 2010 was nuts for games, right? 2010 is Mass Effect 2, Red Dead Redemption, oh, yeah. Super Mario Galaxy 2, Fallout New Vegas, like, oh, Halo Reach. There you go. It's an incredible year for gaming and yet just cause 2 like really sticks out in my mind because of all these incredible games like it was comfort food it was uh it could be relaxing at times or it could just be gleeful dumb joy and not a lot of games from that era were about player expressivity i think as right. much right yeah. like they were we were still very much in like linear prestige game land like everyone was still really trying to be bioshock and instead just cause 2 was like here's a playground and now things have changed in most games big triple a games are playgrounds but just cause 2 is like this is the playground it is your space to just destroy <laughs> it it almost felt like a an antithesis to the other open world games that were coming out at that time it taking grand theft auto again as an example let's see four would have came out earlier no four comes out uh two years later it comes out 2008 yeah so it was not too far from grand theft auto 4 so and it just feels like an entirely different game um despite having a lot of the same elements i mean 
mean, open world, stealing cars, you know. But actual fun, right? Grand Theft Auto 4 was, like, gray and serious. They they wanted it to be, like, an HBO drama that you, yeah. you know, messed around in or whatever. And it made, I remember just being like, ugh, this is just, it was really gross and boring. Just Cause 2 comes out two years later, and it's like, there we go. That's what we're looking it's like for. It's like playing an 80s movie, like an 80s action flick. A really bad one. Like, yeah, we, yes. I, it is worth mentioning that all the writing, every spoken word of dialogue in Just Cause 2 is atrocious. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Frequently, it goes over the line into, like, literally, I wish I could mute it. And then sometimes, you know, it, it's pretty bad. But it's worth it to get through it, to, to get to all the goodies you get once you once you especially can uh, call in black market fines and, like, you know, get jets and stuff delivered right to you. Oh, yeah, worth it. The little tuk-tuk with a gun that you could get. The tuk-tuk with a gun. The uh, yeah. the ice cream truck with uh, like truck. with like reinforced like cannon on it. Incredible, incredible. When I got the tuk 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 with the gun, I was the happiest person in the world. I was just like, they took everything about the tuk tuk and gave it a gun. <laughs> I immediately launched it off of the top of a, a mountain. Absolutely, yeah, as one would do. <laughs> Now, Just Cause 3, Ethan, what are your thoughts? So here's what's interesting. So I, I've said all these glowing things about Just Cause 2, and yet Just Cause 3 is the one I love the most. Just Cause 3, I think, is really interesting because the, the development team hands it over from Stockholm to their brand new New York studio, and yet somehow nothing of the original DNA is lost, but everything is refined there's even more content. The, the map is even bigger. Um, and yet it somehow perfectly blends the chaos of it and also this weird serenity of it. So Just Cause 3 moves us to Rico Rodriguez's home country of Medici, which is like the south of France, Sicilian, Greek hybrid. One of the most beautiful places in any video game i've ever been yeah yeah i spent hours just driving around parking in the flowers like listening to the the birds like it is genuinely gorgeous and then also it's a game in which you get a wingsuit that can fire missiles and a gun that shoots lightning and literal mechs uh, that you can like pick up cars and throw them. So you get everything you could possibly ask for uh, in this one game. And the writing is still bad, but it's better. The destruction is bigger than ever. They, the big thing with this game, I remember, was you could blow up bridges, right? That was yeah. like a marketing push. Yeah. It was like, you're going to blow up bridges. There's so much incredible stuff in Just Cause 3. So Just Cause 3 is the one that I have beaten three times and once i have done it almost to 100 percent which if anyone else knows it's just an absurd thing to do because this game is gargantuan it's huge it it's intense i also love just cause 3 despite how much i play just cause 2 i'm kind of like you i think just cause 3 is ultimately my favorite just cause game i've beaten it twice uh once I did a bit more of the completion element than the first time. Uh, I think the first time I just kind of rushed through. And the second time I like, I was like, I'm going to free all these islands. <laughs> so it's just this wild game of like, as Ethan mentioned, you get this wingsuit, which there is this feeling in Just Cause 3 where you can use your wingsuit with your grappling hook and never touch the ground forever. You don't need vehicles in Just Cause 3. There would be points where I would like be trying to get across to a certain area. And I was like, ah, should I should I go summon like a plane or summon a helicopter? It was like, no, nah, I can get there much faster this way and just like whip myself over with the wingsuit and just kind of catch the air and whip myself again to get a little up to speed. And then if you hit something, it is equally satisfying.
terrifying to watch Rico fly through the air, tumbling out of control. But you can recover, which I learned like late into Just Cause 3, to be honest, (laughs) because sometimes I just don't read instructions. And I was like, holy moly, this changes the game because I'll literally never touch the ground now. It's incredible. There are so many moments. Yeah, you like steal a jet fighter, bomb uh, an oil rig, and then you're like, oh, there's one last thing I need to get to like complete it. So you just hop out, wingsuit down to the, the, the surface of the ocean and skim it at 100 miles an hour and then yep. fire the missiles from your back and like hit the fuel tanks that are underneath and watch the whole thing go up in flames. And it does that thing where it slows down, uh, goes into slow-mo as you like complete an objective and like shows you 100%. Oh yeah, that's the that's the stuff. It's incredible. And yeah, Medici is a very gorgeous map. Um, it is one of the few games that I've paused to just take screenshots of like just of the setting to be like i'm probably going to make this a wallpaper you know just because i would live in any part of this world yeah um and one thing i really liked is that we joked about how just cause 2 it felt like all the villages were copy and pasted i feel like in just cause 3 they all feel like they have their own identity i mean you see a lot of it's a big game there's reused assets i mean won't beat around the bush but at the same time the way they use the assets and the way that they build the cities and the towns and the villages they all have kind of their own unique quality to them and i think and it's also related to like where they are so like the coastal towns will feel more like coastal towns you'll see more fishing operations and stuff and then the inland towns you can tell they're more inland they'll have like mining camps nearby and such so i think it does a good job building this world and making the world feel lived in and also making the world feel real despite being able to pilot a mech and shoot lightning from your gun (laughs) it's it's truly incredible there's so many places in that game i would live happily and i and unlike just cause 2 i can tell you about specific ones right like there's this incredible village that you have to take a a three turn hairpin to get down to sea level and then it's just it's nestled between these coastal caves and there's these beautiful fishing jetties yeah there's ones in the mountain where there's like a church on a cliff and then you can just look down and from there you can wingsuit all the way to the coast or whatever there's a lot of really amazing work in there and it's fascinating because it still means nothing like you're liberating these towns and it plays the music and it's really satisfying but like none of these towns have like characters that you talk to and you really fall in love with or whatever and yet i still care about it surprisingly a lot so that game in particular is the one that i'm like oh yeah i'll liberate the shit out of this place i do like that david tennant is in the game he is oh my god it took me on the second playthrough to catch it but whenever you destroy a piece of government infrastructure like a camp or a like mining facility or like a military base this radio thing will play and i'll drop in some audio from one of the better audio samples that there is of him but it's just david Tennant playing like himself who's been kidnapped because it's he's playing an actor who has been kidnapped by the government to give these propaganda speeches and they're hilarious it's like you'll wipe a like military base off the face of the map and he'll chime in at being like hi there the good general heard that some of you were experiencing some television interference from the transmitter at chima leon so he decided to destroy it and the base around it just to be sure yeah it's all in a day's work at medici's department of beautification my prison cell could use some so yeah like i said i didn't catch it until the second time i was playing but the way he says well 
He's like, wow. And I'm like, oh, that's David Tennant right there. And I looked it up and I was like, oh yeah, that's definitely David Tennant. That's so funny because I'm just imagining the most recent David Tennant thing I, I've watched is uh, his Hamlet. Oh, um, yeah. Which is excellent and is 2009. So I'm just imagining 2009 Hamlet, David Tennant, just like reading these ridiculous yeah, lines. Like Marvelous. Hot off the hype of Doctor Who. Like this was David Tennant as peak. You're right. This was peak David Tennant. And they spent the money to get him in for a bunch of just like weird throwaway jokes. Yeah, it's so good. And yeah, as as Ethan mentioned, they the the team in development had to be split because the main studio was working on Mad Max, which I love Mad Max. I think Mad Max, Mad is, Max is a phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. It's it's pretty much just cause but mad max anyways just cause 3 is incredible i want to give a shout out to a youtube creator called martin cedo pants who speed runs just cause 3 his world record is 17 hours of single sitting speed run so that sounds like a lot that is very impressive for just cause 3 it's insane and he's fighting glitches it crashes you know it goes horrible but he has beat his own world record i think two or three times and most recently did a stream where he plays the game with a steering wheel Ugh. i highly recommend his content i usually don't love speed runs i don't really understand them but this guy he's crazy in a way i like so definitely check out martin cedo pants on youtube for some just cause three speed runs that will make your head spin and, and to explain why 17 hours sounds quick to me it's because if you were to walk across the map it would take you seven and a half hours because the map is so big this is true yeah you put those two things together it doesn't really make sense does it yeah but it is true and i thought just cause 2 was big and then i realized it feels big because there's a big old mountain in the center of the game and that just makes it hard i remember when i was playing just cause 3 for the first time and i was like oh this is pretty big map and then it like expands outward after you finish the first island and it's like oh no there's so much more <laughs> and i was like oh, this is way bigger than i thought now uh just cause 3 is kind of where my just cause experience has so far peaked so i played a little bit of just cause 4 but my computer at the time uh, did not want to run just cause 4 <laughs> well spoiler alert no computer on planet earth wanted to run just cause 4 when it came out fair enough uh <laughs> But my biggest takeaway, I played a bit of it while I was able to, but my biggest takeaway was that it took the things that Just Cause 2 and Just Cause 3 did, and it just kind of, like, pushed them off the table. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> it's like, we're not going to do those things anymore. We know that you we know you accurate. loved these things, but they are well, not they're the gone game. now. Dad has moved away, and you can't talk to him anymore. I, I think to explain what I mean is in Just Cause 3, some of the features in the games were from mods of Just Cause 2. Like, the chaining of your grappling hook the speed increases like there was just a mod that made you go faster on the grappling hook there was also an unlimited grenade mod which they basically just made a thing in just cause 3 by making your grenades regenerate when they made just cause 3 i think they were just like all oh, the fans want this stuff so let's just put it in they're doing silly stuff let's do silly stuff and i feel like with just cause 4 there's some of that stuff but like i don't know it just doesn't feel right i couldn't agree more the note i had for this game was 
everything feels off. I've beaten it I, kind of against my will. I definitely played it when I was in like a summer slump or was bored or something. I, I hated it for first six hours and then I still played the other 15 or so it took to beat it. But everything about it is just off in a way that makes it feel like somebody made a Just Cause ripoff like 10 years ago. Like yeah. the lighting is bad. The the All of the objectives are just going places, hitting E and like waiting for a bar to fill up yeah blowing up stuff doesn't matter right i think that's the crucial one is like just cause 2 is only about blowing things up just cause 3 is about blowing things up and then you know going and liberating towns just cause 4 the only way you progress is by doing these awful missions that are just boring escort missions so or hit, hit e to you know hack a thing or whatever and it's very weird and then you mix that with they also give you the wingsuit and the parachute immediately so they're like we know you want this crap but like this is what you're actually going to be doing right and it, none of it feels right no, uh, no and it looks like dog poop i want to i want to really emphasize that all of the work they did into just cause three looking so gorgeous and mad max looking so specifically good the way yeah it does, yeah also got pushed off the table apparently for who knows why <laughs> which was so weird because i feel like when i was playing just cause 4 the first few minutes of the game i thought looked pretty good with the like kind of like a town located it's like on a bridge basically and it's like uh, a favela you know that you you have to go into and i thought that aesthetically looked really nice and then like immediately when you leave it everything just stops looking nice anymore it's suddenly like technicolor it yeah yeah. And you have to do these stupid, like, combat missions where, like, two sides are just fighting each other across a river for some reason. And if you go over to the other side and kill everyone, they just respawn, so it's pointless. <laughs> I have this memory of playing that one of those missions, and it's just looking gross. Like, the, everything being foggy and, muddy. like, muddy and, like, just weird colors and stuff. And I was like, this doesn't look like Just Cause, and I don't know what this looks like. Yeah. It's a real shame because we can see, you know, Just Cause 3 comes out 2015. Uh, it launches with some really bad technical problems. It gets better over time, but that impacts its sales numbers. It does okay, I think. It overall does well, right? Just Cause 4 comes out only three years later, right? So Just Cause 2, there's five years in between these. Just Cause 3 and 4, there's only three years in between them, and they have now tripled in studio size. And so you just get the sense that, like, someone somewhere, and at this time, Square Enix was publishing these games, I believe. So Square Enix must have been like, we need another one of these get it out the door yeah. so just cause four launches and it doesn't run on anybody's computer the console versions are like hardly functional the big selling point for just cause four was weather right they were like you're yeah. gonna be able to control tornadoes and it just doesn't matter at all and also the ps4 can't handle it just cause four comes out it just doesn't work and then probably i think one year later or maybe like yeah a year later they re-released just cause four as just cause four reloaded and then put it on sale for $20 and it's the same game with a couple bits more content but now it runs properly and it just gets put in the bargain bin immediately and that's when I bought it. I bought it for 20 bucks. I was like well you know what it runs now and I need my fix so we're gonna try it out and it just none of it feels right. It's a real disappointment. They just took everything good about Just Cause and they made it feel like just kind of a slapdash put together game and it feels like critics were kind of a bit more mixed on this one than they were with Just Cause 3. Um, it did average at like a 7 out of 10 on most rankings, though some were way less favorable. But it also just sold really bad. Um, it only ended up selling in its first week 300,000 copies. And I couldn't find an exact number for its full sales, 
but I don't imagine they got any better. And the worst thing was Square Enix completely blames the fact that other AAA titles came out at the same time, which I think is just such a bad excuse because other AAA titles came out with the other Just Cause games too, and those were great. Yeah, what were we just saying? Like Mass Effect 2 and Super Mario Galaxy 2, but you know, those had nothing to do with it. Yeah, Square, and Square Enix was like, oh, it must just be people uh, wanted to play other games. Um, And apparently... Shadow of the Tomb Raider came out around the same time and that also bombed. So that's why they're blaming other AAA games for coming out. That's very funny because I would blame Square Enix for being bad at publishing video games. But, yeah, you know, yeah. It is wild to bring up because you're right. Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out 2018. God of War, the reboot comes out 2018. Spider-Man 2018. So it is a phenomenal year for games, but that has nothing to do with why Just Cause 4 made them not as much money as they would like. It's just not that very good. If anything, the other games are, like, evident that you could do so much more in other games than in this one. Like, a Spider-Man freaking looks amazing compared to Just Cause 4. I mean, that game's gorgeous. Yeah, and you know what? The good news, I feel like, because I don't, I don't want to end on a dour note about the Just Cause series, the good news is that Just Cause 2 and 3 are perfectly playable on modern yeah, systems. No, they run super well now. You can kind of brute force Just Cause 3 to run really well. It still will crash. But those games, you can play them and they feel great. They're moddable. They're still such a blast. Yeah, so yeah. as much as Just Cause 4 is like, don't even bother to pick it up on a bargain day, Just Cause 2 routinely is like $5 on Steam. And yeah. it is absolutely worth your time. 100%. And we should get into the legacy though, talking about what is to come of Just Cause and also what almost came of Just Cause. Oh, <laughs> where do you want to start? Well, so I guess it is interesting to mention that there was almost a movie. Yes, there was. So... Uh, it would appear that Square Enix at one point wanted to make a cinematic universe uh, after the attempt with the Hitman movie. They wanted to uh, continue building that cinematic universe. That's especially funny now because they have now sold off the Hitman studio. Aval I don't believe they publish Avalanche games anymore. No, I don't think they do. So that didn't work out. But for a hot second, it was in fact reported that Jason Momoa was going to star as Rico Rodriguez in a Just Cause movie. Uh, it was handed to one writer and director they quit on it and then the last time we heard about this movie it was going to be directed by the director of cats and dogs the revenge of kitty galore which came out 2010 so the guy who made the sequel to the famously uh high quality children's movie cats and dogs was going to be in charge of a i don't know what kind of movie it could have even possibly have been just cause movie with jason momoa yeah i i honestly i'm so sad that we didn't get this because can can you imagine a like uncharted fan movie level of production but then just like bad cgi oil rig explosions oh yeah it'd be great i yeah like jason momo is such a odd choice for rico because they look not only do they look about as similar as nathan drake and tom holland but like jason momoa could eat rico rodriguez <laughs> like jason momoa is huge it's <laughs> rico rodriguez wrong. is historically kind of tiny <laughs> i like the idea that jason momoa was at a point in his career where he was starting to blow up and he was like fine i'll take it whatever yeah. put me down like i'll get to it eventually but the movie was canceled or or at least hasn't been updated in, in any meaningful way uh because at last writing the star and director were both booked up through 2019 Oh, yeah. I think that's fair to say that, that that's not coming anytime soon. But who knows? The Uncharted movie did very well. Uh, maybe it's Rico's time in the sun. Who maybe. Knows? I'm just still thinking about this whole cinematic universe they planned. Like, were they uh, anticipating an Avenger-style crossover? Like, 
were we going to see Agent 47 and Rico Rodriguez, like, meet? That's an incredible question. And what I am reading here is that in 2015, the producer of the Hitman films stated that he hoped to oversee a shared universe of Square Enix films, including Just Cause, Hitman, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and Thief. Okay, two of those things don't fit in a shared universe because two of those things do not take place what like how would deus ex be set in the same shared universe like can you imagine lara croft and like adam jensen like hooking up truly incredible uh yeah that's that's a really amazing little tidbit there um all of this universal pictures was going to produce and i believe universal pictures did the tomb raider movie which made no money whatsoever shout out to the tomb raider movies though i gotta say recently rewatched both of the tomb raider movies because i I was uh sick and feverish the og Very ones fun. right not the not the newest one yeah 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 the angelina jolie at the the peak of her kind of hot mess uh film career truly giving her all for a bonker set of very weird movies but no. they're really fun those are very fun movies on the video game side of things in 2023 just cause mobile was officially announced by square enix and will be a free-to-play action shooter game set in the just cause universe Ethan, how do you feel about this one? I don't know if I have feelings anymore. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a baffling combination. It is uh it smells like uh, a boardroom dart session, right? What IP have we not used in a while versus what can we get onto iOS and Android to get, you know, a couple people to spend fifteen thousand dollars a month on it using, you know, predatory tactics. Yeah. And uh just cause is the one that came up first, I guess. Very interesting. It was gonna be a or will be perhaps a top-down isometric game. I don't know how that works, and especially uh, if the yeah with just cause like yeah, well, is it going to be like a strategy game? You know, I, and like we said, these games routinely have failed to run on top-of-the-line gaming hardware. How are you going to render nearly enough explosions to make it worth my while right, yeah. on an iPhone? Uh, it's probably going to end up being like a tower defense game. Truly terrible. And then uh, then there's a contraband. I hadn't even heard of this. I just saw in your notes this is interesting so this got announced uh, a little while ago um avalanche is working on a game that suspiciously sounds like almost a online co-op version of just cause it is called contraband it is clearly kind of channeling the maybe 70s and 80s kind of pulpy grindhousey heist movies um the trailer that they have shows a lot of like you know people planning a heist in a jungle with like bullet casings and like like tequila jars and stuff like that lying around. It could be interesting. It is not a lot is known about it, but the tagline for it is a co-op smuggler's paradise. Nice. That's cool. So we'll see what comes of it. So far, there's just been the one CG trailer, but you can kind of get the sense looking at it that this has a lot of that DNA. It has that South American flair that maybe Just Cause 1 was really kind of like channeling. Um, It has clearly it's going to be based around destruction and uh, goofy violence in the way that the Just Cause games are. So perhaps this will be a return to form for Avalanche Studios. Well, hey, we'll have to keep our eye on it. But with that, uh, we're going to now jump into some retro games that we've been playing so usually with seth 
being out, I would have given Seth a game and he would have given me a game, but uh, he's not here. So uh, we are just going to do something different. I'm, I'm just going to ask Ethan, what's a retro game you've been playing lately? And thank God you asked, because I, I don't play retro games very often. You and I talk a lot about how much we love retro game hardware and we love tinkering and messing with things, but ironically, I don't usually stick with it. But I have been playing The Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds, which came out for the Nintendo 3DS in 2013 and is a wonderful game. It is a kind of reboot expansion of A Link to the Past, which originally came out on the Super Nintendo, I believe. Yes, correct? yeah, yeah. But became one of my favorite Game Boy Advance games of all time. Many, many hours spent uh, playing the, the Link uh, Between Four Swords, I think it was Four Swords mm -hmm. was the, the multiplayer game. Playing A Link to the Past, wonderful, wonderful. What's cool about this one is it is uh, A Link to the Past, but you get a new story, new places to be, and this new power where you can merge with walls and become a drawing and you can move through 2d space by kind of like plastering yourself into a wall and moving around hmm. so there's a lot of potential for cool puzzles and really neat exploration stuff uh it absolutely has some really really smart kind of modernizations there's fast travel you can rent all the items from the beginning actually like after like maybe an hour of playing you can go to a guy and just rent any item you think you're going to need instead of having to find it in the world neat so if you remember a little bit about the map, you can start clearing stuff out and finding things. And that's a very specific kind of uh, satisfaction that is very hard to rival anywhere else because you get that Legend of Zelda Metroid-like expansion of the world really quickly. Cool. Um, I'm about six or seven hours into it. I made the mistake of looking up how long it is to beat. It's like an 18-hour handheld game, which is wild to me. Oh, yeah. So... We just got the Master Sword like only six or seven hours in and now we've been introduced to a new parallel dimension world called Low Rule as opposed to High Rule. Haha. <laughs> and now I'm, I've lost a little bit of steam on it because it's always tough for me when a game says like, and we're going to start over now. But I'm hoping to keep with it. Zach, what have you been playing? What retro game have you been playing? Uh, a retro game I was playing recently was the Tengen version of Tetris that came out in 1988, uh, originally for the arcade, and then 89 was their unlicensed version for the NES. I am not playing on original hardware because I don't own a cartridge of Tengen Tetris. I would like to. It's just expensive uh, because it is like a $200 cartridge. <laughs> so... Oof. Yeah, well, the reason being is because it got quickly pulled from the shelves due to the fact that there was an infamous licensing problem with Tetris, where everyone thought they had the rights to Tetris. Turned out no one had the rights to Tetris. Is that what the movie is about? Have you watched the movie Pretty yet? much is about that. The movie is more focused on Hank Rogers of Bulletproof Software, who was the one who obtained the rights for Nintendo. But while Hank was doing his thing, someone who claimed to have the rights to Tetris gave them to Atari, and Atari produced a version for the NES. Um, and it turned out they did not have the rights. <laughs> And they quickly had to recall all their copies of the game. They only sold about 100,000 before the recall happened. Oh, so they're rare as hen's teeth. A little bit of pricey game. I actually really like Tengen Tetris. I first experienced it on a bootleg piece of hardware. Um, it's a popular game to be bundled into multi-carts and like built-in games on Famiclone hardware. But um, it is, first of all, the only version of Tetris on the NES that has multiplayer. It has great music, it has great graphics, and it has a cooperative mode where you are sharing one board, but you have two separate pieces that you have to guide with your 
friend. That's crazy. It is probably the most like content heavy version of Tetris of the NES. And it's really sad that when Nintendo got the license, they were like, no, we're just doing single player Tetris now. So yeah, I've been playing that. I really like it. I think it's fun. I talked about playing the bulletproof software version that was created for the Famicom by Hank Rogers in a previous episode. Um, and I think I've said it before, but if you had to rank Tetris's, my version would be Tension, Nintendo, Bulletproof Software. So Tension is, I think, superior. Nintendo's version is pretty good, but not great. And then Bulletproof Software version was not great at all. So uh, with that, that's what I've been playing. And uh, I, I do want to thank Ethan for joining me today. No, no, thank you. It has been an honor to be an honorary classic gaming brother absolutely thank you so much for having me ethan i i'm just friends with you do you don't have do you like do you have content on the internet i forget no i have the opposite of content i actually would desperately like to not be perceived on the internet in any That's way fair. whatsoever yeah so consider me just your friend in your in your headphones here to entertain and, and talk about games with you but you don't need to worry about following me anywhere uh i've got no wares to to give to your follow so you know i'm the i am the easiest podcast date you don't need to plug anything great Whoop, that sounds so dirty <laughs> no we don't gotta plug nothing so uh with that uh again i want to thank ethan hopefully seth feels better but uh if anyone does want to reach out to us or have any questions or want to contribute to the conversation of just cause and you know wish for a just cause cast uh you can email classic gaming brothers at gmail.com and either seth or myself will respond i don't think ethan will respond i'm not giving him the password uh you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter facebook and instagram are classic gaming brothers twitter is cg brothers pod and you can check us out on all the various podcasting applications out there be it Podbean iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, I would say Amazon. Uh, I have to make sure not to trigger my device that's in my room next to me. I've done that before during episodes. Uh, so we're on Amazon podcasts, all that stuff. And with that, Ethan, is there anything else you want to contribute? Don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Ethan. And I've been Zach. And we've been the classic gaming brothers. That's right. Do the music. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-ba. Ba-da, ba-da. <laughs>